Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker for today, Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. Reverend Paul is a rock star in the Unity movement. He is widely regarded as one of the leading authorities on metaphysics. For 10 years, he was the Dean of Instruction for Spiritual Education and Enrichment Program. Paul brings his joyful and passionate presence to his classes and presentations, both nationally and internationally. He is the author of eight books, including Heart-Centered Metaphysics, A Deeper Look at Unity Teachings, which is the main text for the teachings of metaphysical, pardon me, metaphysics by the Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. Paul challenges students with a lively and engaging style and an infectious enthusiasm. Paul makes an often difficult subject impossibly fun. Please join me now in welcoming Dr. Reverend Paul Hasselbeck. Good morning, everybody. So I am going to get my PowerPoint going for us. Let's see if I can get this to go. And one more button. You should be seeing your beautiful home, your building. And of course, it's good to be back with you. And thank you for inviting me to come back. And so as we get started, I'd like to remind you that I have a website, paulhasselbeck.com. I have a podcast, metaphysicalromp2.com. And my email address is alberthasselbeck at gmail.com. Please feel free to send me any questions or comments. I like hearing from you. And so, yes, my talk is entitled Level Headed. And it's about consciousness. So the, the obvious starting point is to share something about consciousness. So for me, for years, consciousness was defined as awareness. But in the last decade or so, science has added two more levels to it or two more parts. So it's awareness plus arousal plus motivation. So what's arousal? It's when we're aware, with, aware of something using our consciousness to look around, we begin to have a response to it. Our feeling nature comes up. And the more of this arousal we have, we get kind of a head of steam around what we're looking at it. And then for many of us, eventually, we take action. We are motivated to do something. We're motivated, like for me, if I sold dark chocolate, I would be motivated to get some dark chocolate. I mean, who wouldn't be? So when we're talking about consciousness, we're, we're using the beliefs in our consciousness, in our minds, to view the world around us. And by the way, for most of us, the word mind is a synonym for consciousness, and we're not meaning brain the physical brain that's inside this bony thing called my head. And so when we're using consciousness and we're using awareness, self-awareness leads to self-knowledge. 
Now, if you're like the average person, that self-knowledge sometimes or even often leads to self-condemnation. And somehow along the way, a lot of us learn that if we beat ourselves up for something we don't like about ourselves, we'll get better. But boy, that doesn't work. It hasn't worked for me, and I wonder if it's worked for you. So when we're looking at consciousness and we're looking at self-awareness in a unity context, this is what I suggest. Well, first of all, I got to finish this up on, on condemnation, don't I? So condemnation is judging from the plane of the personal, which leads into condemnation. And condemnation is always followed by fixing of a penalty, by fixing a punishment. But the way we want to do it is self-awareness leads to self-knowledge in a vast field of self-acceptance. Having that self-compassion for ourselves, even at moments in the past, we might have wanted to beaten ourselves up, go into that self-condemnation mode. But that self-condemnation mode keeps us limited in our response and reaction, whereas self-acceptance is more broad and open, and we can deal whatever it is we found out about ourselves from a healthier way. So in looking at level-headed, I think it's often good to look at this metaphor. So if we had a piano and you have a piano in your sanctuary, you had a person playing the piano and that was creating the sound of the piano. And so these three components come together to produce that thing called the sound of the piano. But the piano itself cannot do anything. It requires the consciousness of the person playing the piano. And then we get the effect of the consciousness acting on the piano, which we hear as the sound of the piano. And so imagine what you'd get if you had this little boy playing the piano. Well, the piano is the piano. It has no way of telling the little boy how to play the piano. But we can think of the sound that might come out of that piano. Equally, we can look at this concert pianist who is obviously enthralled with her, her performance. And so she's using the same piano, but a different consciousness which gets a different result. Well, this, the, the piano in this metaphor, I believe, is our divine nature. It's our divinity. It's the principles and laws which are available to everyone. And the consciousness with which we use those principles and laws determines the output. And so now that gives me some good introduction to this four levels of consciousness, because these are three or four ways of looking at what consciousness we bring to our divinity. And so the first level is victim consciousness. You've probably heard of this. And then there's victor consciousness, there's vessel consciousness, and there's verity consciousness. So victim consciousness is that person who says, everything happens to me. 
Woe is me, poor me. Maybe you were like that before you discovered unity. I had my days of that. But it's not a very healthy place to live. You see, Charles Fillmore said, we are consciously making conditions through our thoughts and feelings. Some people declare that everything is against them. If they miss a straight a streetcar, that would be the bus for us today. They say, isn't it always that way? And they build up a state of mind in which everything seems contrary to them. Do you know a poor me in your life? Think of Pigpen from Peanuts with the dark clouds surrounding him as he goes through life. Well, I've known a few people like that. So when we're in victim consciousness, there's an external, separate locus of control. What that means is, is that to a person who's in victim consciousness, it seems like the control is outside of them and it's causing them what they experience, what they think, what they feel. So you can see why this is a dis disempowering point of view because you, that person has no control. And even so, that person is self-centered and e egocentric, even though the state of victim consciousness is disempowering and leads to powerlessness. Victor consciousness is the next one. And the by phrase or the, the, the thing that we say about this is things happen by me. I control my experiences and to some extent my world. Let me clarify this a little bit. I control my experiences. When I say experiences, I mean my inner responses and inner reaction. And from there, I can, to some extent, extent control the world around me. Like, I can control this cell phone. And by the way, if you have your cell phone, feel free to get it out and take any pictures of my slides. And so from this Victor consciousness, we've moved to a newer level where we have some power. Victory is mine. Yes. So Charles said this about Victor consciousness. Power is man's innate control over his or her or over their thoughts and feelings. So when we think of power, when we think of the principle or divine idea of power, I prefer the name dominion. But what Charles was talking about with that power, one of the 12, is that each of us, every person has innate control over their thoughts and feelings. And until we wake up to that fact, we can't act from it as effectively as when we know we have that control. When something bad happens, I might have an immediate victim response, but I know I have the control. I know I'm the master of my thoughts and feelings, and then I can shift. So in victor consciousness, the internal locus of control is inside of us. It is us. Remember, victim consciousness, the control seemed to be everyone and everything outside. But in this victim consciousness, we have an internal locus of control. It's self-centered and at times can be egocentric and puffed up. 
But it's self-empowered, and it's a personal power. And it's so much better than victim consciousness. Charles Fillmore said, there is but one power. We use it as we will. If we send it out by our thought and word and hate, it destroys. Think about that. There is but one power. We say it often in our, in our Sunday services. There's only one power and one presence in the universe, God the good, omnipotent. So any power that you and I have is by the use of this principle of power or principle of dominion that we all have within us. But if we send that power out in hate, it destroys. But if we send it out in love, it builds. There are not two powers, but two ways of using power. Now, that's what Charles said. But to me, we have this power capacity. We have this power principle, this power divine idea. One of the 12 powers is this power. And we have a whole range of ways we can choose to use that power. And of course, if we if we send it out in hate, it destroys. If we send it out in love, it builds. And we might think of those as the extremes. And then we come to vessel consciousness. Now, folks, when I travel the country, whether it's uh, virtually or in person these days, I find that most folks in the unity movement are in vessel consciousness. And that's not a criticism, criticism, it's just an identification. And in vessel consciousness, things, primarily God or the universe or something like that, happens through me. We, we hear it a lot from people who, who are creative. So we could say an, an artist or a composer. Many will say, I don't know where this came from, but it comes through me. And so it's a way in which to honor the divine, and it's a way in which to understand the divine. And in this state of consciousness, a person thinks of themselves as a conduit for God, an instrument for God, a vessel for God, or a vessel for the universe. And so Charles talked about this level of consciousness. He said, man, or we could say humankind, constitutes constitutes the instrument of God through which God brings God's potentialities into visibility. This is the belief that, that is in alignment with most, most religions, that God does things to us, that God manipulates us, that God inspires us in ways. So Charles, in some of his writings, Adam's uh, Smashing Power of Mind and Jesus Christ Heals, where he said, man is the vessel of God. But what if it's better than that? So in vessel consciousness, we're back to an external separate locus of control. Remember back in victim consciousness, where someone believes everything and everyone against them, that the, the, that the control is beyond them? We have the same thing in vessel consciousness. But in victim, it's the world and people. In vessel consciousness, it's God 
or the universe. And so there is a separation in this point of view of a separate locus of control. It's outside of us and it's controlling us. Now, the good news is it's selfless and it's more universal. And in this point of view, God is powerful and we're empowered by God, which is a little different point of view than we're going to see in Verity Consciousness. And I hope as we're going through these, you can identify times in which you were in victim consciousness, when you were in victor consciousness, or when you were in vessel consciousness. And so that brings us to Verity Consciousness. And a lot of people, when they think of Verity Consciousness, they talk as if God is showing up as them or as me. And I'd like you to consider that if that's language you've used, because if I go to a, a costume party or a Halloween party as, as Superman, I may look like Superman, but since I'm as, it's like Superman, I'm not Superman. So when we, when we use that language, God as me, it's separate. And we still haven't gotten to that, that, that meaningful, absolute view of oneness. So in Verity Consciousness, Tag, you're it, that you are 100% divine. You're also 100% human, and they're not separate. We can think of them as two sides to the same coin. The, the, the divinity of us is 100% infinite potential, and our humanity is what we're expressing, a finite something we're expressing from our divinity. Even so, you're it. So I like to think of this old movie. Uh, oh, God, I don't know if you guys remember it, but I thought it was a pretty funny, and it's a good reminder. So it is me. It is you. The divine is 100% within each of us. Eric Butterworth said, God is spirit, present in its entirety. God is spirit, present in its entirety, at every point in space, at the same time. So there is no spot where God is not. There's no absence of presence anywhere. However, we got to pause and not think of this in a, in a three-dimensional way where you, have, you can have a piece of this and a piece of that. In this view, God is 100% present at every point in space at the same time. That means every principle and every law is available at the point of you and at the point of me. And it's even bigger than that. We each have something like 37 trillion cells. So the entirety of the divine is present at each one of those cells. But wait, the cells take up space. So it's even more expansive than that. So when we talk about Verity Consciousness, this is something that Charles said. Individualize yourself in the highest degree by affirming that in spirit and in truth, you are all that God is. That means you're 100% divine. And what is that all? That all are these principles and laws we've been talking about, including the 12 powers and more. And laws would be like the law of cause and effect, 
the law of mind action and, and a few more important ones and a lot of minor ones. But the point is every one of those is at the core of each of us. And, and Charles goes on to say this is true of people in their spiritual nature and people must claim their, their divinity. We have to claim it. If, if, you, if you found out you had a talent, like you had a talent for music or painting, you'd have to claim it and then exercise it in order to experience. So Charles says, people must claim their divinity before they can enter into the mighty mental and spiritual forces that are released from the kingdom of heaven within them. So in Verity Consciousness, we have an internal locus of control. And remember, in Victor Consciousness, we had that as well. But in Verity Consciousness, it's more selfless. It's more universal. It's more altruistic. And we can think of all power. Not powerful, because it doesn't become powerful until we use the power. Charles said, metaphysicians metaphysicians have discovered that we it greatly accelerate the growth in ourselves of the Christ idea, or we could say of our divinity by using affirmations that identify ourselves with the Christ idea, or we could say our identity. These affirmations often are so beyond the present attainment of the novice as to seem ridiculous. But... When it's understood, when you and I understood or understand that the statements are grouped around an ideal to be attained, they seem fair and reasonable. So you're 100% divine. You're 100% human. We're never expressing the entire potential, the infinite potential of our divinity, nor are we ever expressing the full range of what we call to be human. And we know that's a range that that is is quite the spread, right? But if we understand that these statements are grouped around this ideal, they seem fair and reasonable. And we have to stay the course with our power of faith and our power of strength. So in spirit and in truth, I am all that God is. Are you ready to say that after me? I'm going to say it one more time. In spirit and in truth, I am all that God is. Say it with me. In spirit and in truth, I am all that God is. Charles said, it is your mission to express all that you can imagine God to be. Let this be your standard. Never lower it, nor allow yourself to be belittled by the cry of sacrilege. And I will tell you, friends, when I first started teaching this, when I was the dean at Unity Village and saying things like, I am Christ, I am divine, there was a lot of people crying sacrilege. And then as, we, as this idea has penetrated the movement, it's beginning to seem more reasonable. Once again, say it with me. In spirit and in truth, I am all that God is. And friends, that's what it means to be level-headed. We got to be aware that sometimes we're in victim consciousness. Sometimes we're in victor consciousness. Sometimes we are in vessel consciousness. 
And we need to have that intention, that desire to be living from that highest level as often as we can, verity consciousness. But if we find ourselves in victor or we find ourselves in victim, we accept it in this vast field of self-acceptance. We don't go into self-condemnation. We give ourselves self-compassion so we can live more effectively being the very best we can be. So friends, as you go forth today, be level-headed. Thank you. Let us come to this present moment and allow the wisdom from Dr. Hasselbeck to sift through our conscious minds and settle down into our hearts. For when we stop thinking about it, it's easier to live that verity consciousness. We must be kind, loving, and generous to ourselves no matter what level we might be at in any moment of any day. We allow ourselves to be childlike and stuck at looking at the world from outside in. Perhaps then we have a glimpse of knowing the power is within us when we decide to take it up. Knowing, too, that each transition, each new breath is a moment to live from our heart, to move past that vessel that we are and allow our Christ lights to shine brightly from within us and to see it reflected in every situation, whether we be in a moment of conflict or a moment of peace and compassion with loved ones, we know that when we let go of our idea that we're in charge and God, the source of all that is, becomes our motivation and light, then we are the hands and feet of Christ here on this earth. We affirm with great gratitude this is available to all people. There's nothing to change. We don't have to be different, change the way we look, walk, talk, or stand. All we have to do is breathe in God. Breathe out light.
Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.